New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. What's going on, everybody? It is Wednesday night, Donalmite. And I already have this son of a bitch giving me BS, Eric Stankoff. Uh, I'm only kidding. Hey, he wants to send some contributions to the DT Fund. And, you know, we always put it back in the shows. I'll always accept it. So, what's going on, everybody? Um, I tell you. I'm not lying when I say this, and I'm actually, I wasn't prepared to show you, but just to give you an idea, you, you see this? This is water, and it is drenched. I know you can't see it here, but if I actually, I think water start dripping out of this, I was going to throw that out anyway, but we had torrential downpours here about 10 to 8 p.m. tonight. And I was freaking out because my internet went out, my power went out for a few seconds, and I'm like, what am I gonna do about tonight's show? How am I gonna watch the shows? So here I am scrambling, making sure I have YouTube TV on this phone, made sure I had it set up on my other phone with the laptop and Wi-Fi. So luckily right now, internet is good. Luckily right now, the power is on. If we get any interruption with tonight's show, I have my phone fully charged, the Wi-Fi hotspot all set, and, um, you know, if we lose connection, I will somehow connect that way, and we'll finish the show. I think we'll be fine, because for the last hour and 55 minutes, really haven't had any interruptions, but I'm still trying to clean up water in, in this room. Came through one of the windows, and the window was closed, and it just leaked everywhere on the floor. It looks like, like a couple of dogs just had a field day on my floor over here, but show must go on, and I'm here for all of you. And man, is it just me, or did tonight's wrestling just feel like it got up the notch a little bit. Now, I'm not going to lie. Gargano, Reed, uh, Roderick Strong, I enjoyed the match. But unfortunately, for some reason, it did not keep my interest. Dragged on a little bit too long. I know they want to reward Bronson Reed. He's a great athlete, good guy and everything. But I don't know. I wasn't kind of feeling that match. But if you just look at the overall match quality tonight... It seemed like everybody upped their game a little bit. 
and I know this is going to sound a little bit ridiculous to some. The whiners out there will definitely find it ridiculous, but I could arguably say the first hour of Wednesday Night Wrestling tonight might have been my all-time favorite hour so far for 43-plus weeks. Or if it's not, maybe I'm forgetting a couple of episodes, but I'm talking about Monday, uh, um, excuse me, I'm talking about AEW and NXT, both first hours combined. I don't recall ever enjoying hour number one for both shows, you know, almost equally. I really enjoyed tonight's edition of Wednesday Night Wrestling. Now, look, I'm not going to lie. Very disappointed with the Diamante Ivelisse match. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But hey, it, you know, I look, you notice tonight a lot of the typical podcasters and websites were all quiet during a lot of what was going on on TV because there wasn't too much to complain about early on. But, you know, they're seeing some people on TV that they never even saw before. Who is this Latin chick uh, girl with the red? Who is she? Oh, if you're a fan of Ivelisse, you will love next week's giveaway right here on Wednesday Night Dynamite. One of a kind item. Had someone hook me up from California. I can't wait to reveal it next week. And as I said, from now on, every Wednesday night, we have a giveaway over here. And some weeks might be a little shitty in others, but I always aim to be as best as I possibly can. You take the time to enjoy these shows. I will do everything in my power to just deliver. I'm not pro, you know, I'm not polished, I'll never be. But one thing you know is authenticity and effort, and I just thank you all for tuning in. Much appreciated. Now, last week on this show, uh, I gave away this, well, that's kind of small to reveal that way. I gave away this dual-signed photo of Karrion Cross and Scarlet, and this week, as you saw in the preview for today's show, I am giving away this week this. Triple signed photo, signed by Chris Jericho and the Lucha Brothers. It is authenticated from Beckett. And in case anybody out there thought that, you know, ADT, how do we know that they, you know, really signed the photo? I mean, Beckett might not be good enough. Well, at least you get to see pictures of them signing it as well. So we're going to give that away later on tonight. Now... I thought of creative ways to do prizes on this show. I'm not going to lie. Not everybody is good at trivia. A lot of you out there might be new fans of AEW or NXT. Maybe you don't know the background in a lot of the wrestlers out there. So I want to mix it up a little bit as far as how you could win. And I think tonight is probably going to be the coolest way of doing it. And everybody tuning in gets a shot, whether you're tuning in live or if you're watching it on the recap. So I have decided to do tonight's contest this way. Later on in the show, I'm going to give you a hashtag, just a phrase, a hashtag. And all you got to do is in the comments section on this YouTube clip between today and, I don't know, 
maybe we'll do Sunday night at midnight. Between now and Sunday night at midnight, all you got to do is just post the hashtag in the comment section, only one entry per person. If you keep entering, you won't count. Because I signed up now for a lot of these YouTube services that help you with your videos and make sure things are worded the right way and the analytics and the algorithms. And this, uh, Well, there's one thing that's actually called pick a winner that I'm sure some of you have seen on other podcasts before. Look, I, I have to give a special shout out to a few podcasters out there. I'll keep their names anonymous because I don't want to basically give the impression that a couple of other podcasters out there are pieces of shit for not responding. You know, when I asked a couple of questions, you could see the jealousy. I mean, there's a lot of people that'll smile to my face and stab me in the back. It's all good. It's all good. But one of the services, they have this thing called pick a winner. And all you do, and I'm going to screenshot it. I'm going to capture the video live so you can see it's 100% authentic. And all I got to do is just link up this episode to the program. I hit one button and it randomly selects someone for the winner. And whoever gets the, the, whoever wins gets that triple signed photo. So again, later on, I will uh, give you the hashtag to type in the YouTube comment section you have between now and midnight, late Friday night. Uh, did I say Friday? No, Sunday night, Sunday night. I'm going to give everybody five days to enter. And then next Wednesday, we'll reveal the winner on this show. So I think that's what we'll do. And I, if the response is great, we'll do it the same format next week. So tonight, and you know what? Big shout out to Wrestling Soup. Wrestling Soup is not one of the pieces of shit that didn't answer me. Wrestling Soup has gone over and beyond. Mish has helped me more than you can imagine. So Mish, he's one of the good guys. Andre Corbeil, shout out to him as well. Uh, shout out to everybody. Uh, much love. And if you enjoyed tonight's episode, please hit the thumbs up. Again, I think there's some people out there that think that this is just a phase, that I'm going to get sick of this. You know, I'm going to make kind of a little bit of controversy now. But, um, you know, one thing uh, people keep trying to rub in my face, the haters, they bring up other podcasters who have YouTube also. And they're like, this person has 10 times the viewers. This time person is this, this, and that. One thing they fail to understand is that 75% of the people who enjoy these shows, Monday and others, only check out the audio versions. It's still available on iTunes. It's still available on Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, Pandora, uh, iHeartRadio. So a majority of people out there still access audio only. Well, I will tell you as of right now, that it looks like that as of January 1st, 2021, audio only is going to be history. Or it will be Patreon only or exclude. I'm not trying to screw anybody over. The thing is, is that it's a lot of work to not only do the video stuff, set up all the notes and the research and the edit and, and, and all the codecs and everything else. But now you got to do double work because now you got to do audio and level and this, this and that. So we're going to simplify things January 1st. So that's probably going to be the case. And, um, you know, I, I, look, this is still, I still have to iron things out, but um, I got to simplify things. But I will tell you this right now. 
if I get rid of audio only everywhere else and everybody tunes in on YouTube to get the shows, you watch what the numbers come back. You know, it's all I'm saying. And, you know, I'm not trying to leave anybody out, but I'm video now. And it's not trying to screw anybody else, but this is my home. And I don't plan to leave my home. In fact, I'm going to build this home. I'm going to make it into a fucking castle. I'm going to be the fucking Vince McMahon and his biggest selfish motherfucker. Because everybody out there that stabbed me in the back for the last couple of years, you know. Success is the best revenge, everyone. Success. That is the best revenge. It's not a nasty tweet. It's not, you know, um, what do they call it? Burner accounts. That's bullshit, you know. It's success. Success is the ultimate this. Remember that piece of advice from yours truly. And I'm no big success story, but I have come to learn that if you bite your tongue, you don't tweet the one-liner stuff, you just do success. You see your numbers go up, you see people enjoying your stuff, you put in the effort, and that is the ultimate. It's the ultimate. It feels great. I, that's why I could feel so shitty and I come on here and see all of you interacting and everybody just hanging out and just chatting and talking about stuff. Because let's be honest, wrestling is kind of in the shitter. There's been a lot of bullshit going on. But um, we make the best of it. We have a good time. At the end of the day, we want to smile at the end of the day. You don't want to frown, you know. So anyway, enough. And one other thing. Oh, I have to mention this. I have to mention this. Last Friday's Don Tony show was a disaster. It was a beautiful show. Went over three hours. We're still six days later, and for some reason, YouTube can't figure out how to put the other hour worth of video online. So I gave everybody a Vimeo link as a backup. You could access the whole show from last Friday. But I have learned the hard way. These shows have to stay under two hours from now on. I'm going to be adding a Tuesday night show. It's And... Um, we're also going to be doing something probably Thursday nights after Soup is off the air, probably game night for anybody that likes the game. Uh, you'll be able to hang out with yours truly in game. Not this, you know, fighter stuff that everybody does, but easy like Jackbox and trivia. Anybody who's been on Discord knows Mish is the one that set everything up and I'm following his lead. So we got some big things coming in in the future. Big shout out to Douglas McKay, my friend. Oh, let, let's see. Let's 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 check out what Dougie Fresh had to say. We got a lot of news to get into today. And I know a shitload of you out there definitely want me to comment on Joey Ryan. I have kept silent about it. Some of what I say later, some people are not going to like. I think honestly, my opinion is probably going to be the strongest argument amongst anybody out there who has expressed an opinion on this. Um, Douglas McKay says, finally laws got relaxed in Scotland. And he saw, he saw I think his, was his, is it your wife, a fiance, a girlfriend? Don't super chat that. You could just answer me. But he hasn't seen his significant other in four months. And that, that's awesome because he's kept me up to date. So that's awesome, man. And A. Espinoza, much love, my friend. I hope, I'm telling you, it's on my bucket list. Between now and next year, I'm heading down south. I already talked to my fiance about it, and we are going to do it. So I'm telling you, everybody knows I keep my word, you know. So we'll, we'll see what happens, man. And as far as the deli man thing, 
Yeah, I may actually dress up as Deli Man to celebrate 15,000 uh, subscribers. Um, a lot of people don't even know what Deli Man is. When I showed the head last week with the, the goofy eyes, uh, I saw some of the people in the chat later on. They were like, that was Deli Man. So I don't want to paint anyone and rehash stuff, but I am going to rehash something tonight the haters are not going to like because we definitely have to talk about it. And once again, to Eric Stankoff, I say this in a, in a very nice way. And thank you very much, Daniel Son. Yes, I am here to stay on YouTube. I am having a ball. It allows me to have a little bit of a different extension of myself and get animated and have fun and just talk to you eye to eye. I know you can't see it, but I love being able to talk about lots of topics that I can't do on a Monday, that I can't do on other shows. And you know what? That segues right now. Because before I go any further, I want to mention someone that unfortunately I found out today passed away, 38 years old. His real name is Tom Hirschman, but a lot of you here on the Northeast will remember him in Combat Zone Wrestling as Z-Bar. Um, this was Z-Bar. That was him back in the early 2000s. Uh, I don't know what was the cause of death. Well, that's kind of, yeah, that's a, that's a better picture. Yeah, we, we do it like this. Nice little tribute, left to right. Z-Bar, 38 years old, taken way too soon. Anybody out there that never followed Combat Zone Wrestling, was he ever like a big-time superstar? No, but as far as in the ring, one of the biggest pieces of shit in the fans' eyes, he was an asshole, he was hated, but outside the ring... Pretty damn cool. Was a friend of the Blackheart Sports Entertainment Hotline. Yours truly, Matt Zombie, Brian Damage, Timmy Arson, God rest Timmy's soul. Um, in fact, he worked CZW when XPW invaded the ECW arena. And, you know, I've told the stories about XPW because I did work for them on the Northeast while they were in Philly. And this forced CZW to find other places to do their shows. So I think their last show in 2002 in August, that might've been their last show until 03 in, in as far as the ECW arena goes. They were forced to go back to Jersey and CZW was doing Jersey shows. And, and if I remember correctly, I think CZW and Ring of Honor might've done a little bit of a storyline. You remember 3P... W, I think it was, Jasmine St. Clair's promotion. She had Todd Gordon with her. That, hmm, I'll be nice tonight. But yeah, 38 years old, man. Taken from us way too soon. Um, used to interact with Mad Zombie that I did the hotline with. He was not bad people. So, you know, Z-Bar, God rest your soul. Much love from over here. Um, and it sucks because we lost Danny Havoc you know, that most people remember from CZW. We've now lost Z-Bar in a matter of months. And what's the saddest thing about it is almost every podcaster and website out there is going to give two flying fucks about this guy's death. If another website or a wrestler posts the tribute, then they'll post the cut and paste. We are saddest, our saddest condolences to, they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. 38 years old is way too young to go. I wanted to show a little bit of love and respect to this guy uh, who entertained a lot of people, especially back in the mid-2000s. So anyway, you know, 
we talk about, you know, what other people say and do sometimes. This is still goof-free month. We're not going to talk about the goofs. I promise you that. But, you know, anybody notice something different this weekend? Yes, we had Impact Wrestling anniversary, And I'm going to talk about AEW and NXT any minute. We'll save Joey Ryan for a little bit later. We'll do the contest in a little while as well. But I don't know if you saw this picture. We talked about it Friday night last week, that at midnight last Friday, a lot of people who were released from WWE were officially over their 90-day no-compete clause. So we know now that several names have joined Impact Wrestling, and I use the word joined. I could use signed as well, but when you're able to work New Japan, for some wrestler, other wrestlers, you could work other areas, it's not just a clear-cut, you know, exclusive contract. And honestly, with what's going on in this world right now, that's probably the best way to go. You know, I laughed tonight because of a certain someone who showed up on AEW to accept Cody's challenge. If you tuned in live to last Wednesday's Donomite show here, a majority of the Donzilla Army wanted one person to face Cody. We'll get into that later. But... I did get a kick out of people like, oh, hashtag, sign, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's that's the trend now. Not even thinking, hey, you know, maybe he's still signed to NWA. We'll talk about that later. But you get you guys get to see this picture yet? EC3, Brian Myers, Sticker Hawkins, Heath Slater, Heath Miller. Tommy Dreamer had the fucking photo bomb. And Tommy, you've been gone from WWE for a long fucking time. Why is Tommy... In? Do you know what? Tommy Dreamer is probably very instrumental in getting some of these guys a deal in Impact Wrestling. So I think Tommy Dreamer deserves to be in this photo as well. But if you go from left to right, EC3, Brian Myers, Heat Slater, Tommy Dreamer, Eric Young, Gallows and Anderson, and they're basically telling WWE how they feel right now. And um, But you know what I found beautiful about that photo? Not just the fact that Impact Wrestling is turning a page. Hopefully they could build some momentum right now. This past weekend, they broke a lot of social media records that they they have had. Um, you know, sure, not anywhere as big as some other promotions out there, but they're on the trend upward. And I take pride that for many, 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 many months, I've been giving Impact Wrestling a little bit of praise here, even saying that they arguably have the second best women's wrestling roster in the United States. Tessa Blanchard leaving definitely puts a little bit of a hole in there. But Deanna Perrazzo, remember last week's show that we did here when we talked about Slammiverse? I think it was Friday night. I said, oh, you know, when it comes to that gauntlet match, it seems like Impact Wrestling is really infatuated with Kylie Ray or Kira Hogan. I thought Kylie Ray would get it, but I want to see Kira Hogan get it. Kylie Ray got it. Deanna Perrazzo, if is it just me or does it feel like this is Impact Wrestling substance? And I don't mean this like this. Hear me out what I'm saying. It almost feels like it's their substitute for Tessa Blanchard. You know, physique similar, look similar. Obviously, their repertoire is different, but they are 
uh, Darren Gordon Hill, I sent shirts to everybody. All right, I'm not the shirt company. I don't print it up. I don't ship it out. You gotta, you know, wait a little bit longer. You know, I know on Pro Wrestling Tees website they put up a big disclaimer that it could take several weeks longer to ship. I have given away every single thing, every prize, whether it's Patreon, Mondays when we used to do prizes on Mondays here, they're from yours truly. Sometimes from my own collection. But if I say I'm giving something away, I give something away. And there's some people tuning in live right now that will vouch for that. So, but anyway, anyway. You notice something a little different this weekend about what was written on social media, the buzz as far as wrestling goes? I want to put that picture up here one more time. Let's look at this picture one more time. All right. You take away Tommy Dreamer for a minute. WWE wrestler released, 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 WWE wrestler released. All of the clowns that always rip AEW for signing WWE castoffs didn't say a goddamn word about Impact Wrestling signing not one, not two, not three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nothing, nothing. I know what you're gonna say. Well, Impact Wrestling's not on the level of AEW. But you see, you see what I mean? Now, me personally, if someone entertains me, I don't care if they're from WWE. I don't care if they're from NWA. I don't care if they're from TWA. I don't care if they're from AWF, AMF, NWO, UPS. I don't care. You entertain me. I'm going to enjoy it. And bravo to AEW tonight. For number one, we got a little teaser of it yesterday. Benjamin, if you don't care about impact, then that's your cho choice. But when it gets momentum... You know, it's still a promotion. It's still got a huge history from 2002. It still has a worldwide brand to it. That you, and I say this with respect, you are the perfect example of when I say you have websites and podcasters and fans out there that will only talk about the things that give them the most buzz, the most hits, the most likes. When Impact Wrestling starts getting a little bit more of a buzz, the product has been a lot better for a while now. You'll see people talking about it simply because they want to be part of the conversation. Wednesday Night Dynamite is not just AEW and NXT. It's New Japan. It's, it's Ring of Honor. It's MLW, NWA. Unfortunately for some of those promotions right now, the news is not as much as, as others. You know? So, Impact Wrestling, I've been giving its due. Now, granted, it doesn't deserve the same amount of time as other feds that I cover, but this weekend was a pretty damn big weekend for uh, Impact Wrestling. You know, and my God, my God, if you tuned in Friday, and this part is still on YouTube, we had some fun talking about Chris Saban, because last week was the anniversary of him winning the TNA title. And he did that press conference when some fucking state had TNA Day or whatever it was. And he did that speech 
talking about his knee surgeries for the 85th time. In fact, I'm still waiting for him to cut his promo. Now he's a tag champ. I'm waiting for the first promo, the first sit-down interview, and he talks about his knees once again. But but the, the reason why I'm saying this is we just had fun Friday reminiscing about Chris Sabin, who arguably might be one of the worst TNA heavyweight champions of all time. Yes, the run was only a month, but go figure. 24 hours later, he returns to Impact Wrestling. Now he's one half of the tag team champions. He looked great. He looked great. Made me feel stupid after joking about Friday. And EC3... Getting to, to, you know, show his character. I loved it, man. I loved it. But we'll go back to Impact Wrestling a little bit. Sonny Siaki, I think, may have been the champion as well, Mish. I don't recall if Sonny Siaki, believe it or not, Sonny Siaki, the night that, I think, Sharkboy debuted for XPW, it's weird how you remember certain things. And if anybody's ever worked an indie show with Sonny Siaki, I bet you a million dollars you will say to me, DT, I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. I remember being in the back and talking to Sharkboy about a few things. And we would just hang out in the back. And Sonny Siaki was also on the card as well for XPW. And Sonny Siaki was in a corner all by himself. And all he was doing is pacing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, putting himself in a zone. And you just got this vibe. You do not go the fuck anywhere near this guy. He had such a... And, you know, this for some people, oh, it was just XP. But he just had an intensity about himself. Just uh, and He was a damn good wrestler. Damn good wrestler. And uh, JP Sweeney, I'll talk about Rob Black on Friday, if you'd like. Um, I don't have much negative to say about the guy. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm saying as far as wrestling goes, but we'll we'll talk about it Friday. But anyway, just jumping back and forth a little bit. You know, AEW tonight they open up with the TNT Championship, and there was a little bit of a buzz online. You know, because um, people were wondering who Cody was going to be facing tonight for the TNT Championship, and. I don't remember what website it was, but they had tweeted and they said, we wonder who Cody's going to face tonight. Post your guesses. So Cody tweeted just three big red question marks. So right away, the internet is buzzing. They think, you know, um, karate was going to face him. And me, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't mind if the question mark took on Cody. But... He's very, very comedic. And I did a Google image search to find a really cool picture of the question mark in case he did make the debut tonight. And when I looked at it, and his stomach is like, I was like, nah, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. Last week on this show, when we were talking about who we would love to see Cody take on, there was only one guy that stood out as far as people's choices more than anyone else last week, and it was this guy, Eddie Kingston. Almost everybody in the Donzilla Army last week said, you know, would fucking love Eddie Kingston to face Cody. And I said last week, this guy's been on in wrestling for almost 20 years. 
He cuts, and you know that I've said this at least four or five times on Wednesday Night Dynamite in the last 43 episodes. I ain't someone who's just going to jump on the bandwagon. And you know what? Anyone jumps on the Eddie Kingston bandwagon, that's cool. Podcasters and websites included. If you're late to the game, better late than never. But that's cool. But Eddie Kingston, I have said so many times, his promos work so beautifully because it's based on reality. I know we don't talk about Raw or SmackDown on Wednesday nights, but I've said this as well. Sonya Deville, why did her promos all of a sudden, like, oh my God, this is fucking great. Heat Slater on Raw last Monday. Why was it? Because when you cut a promo and it's based on reality and you get emotional, you start tearing on those emotions. That comes across in your promos. And some of the best promos are based on reality. And Eddie Kingston, you know, is he the most in-shape guy? No. Is he a brawler? Absolutely. But it was so cool to see so many of you last week saying, you know, fucking would love to see Eddie Kingston. Now, for people, you know, that unfortunately don't understand the business side of pro wrestling, they have no idea if Eddie Kingston still has a contract with NWA. I see people on social media, hashtag, give uh, Kingston a contract and this, is and that. Motherfucker, instead of hashtagging it for tweet fucks, how's about you You go at Billy Corgan? Is Eddie Kingston still a part, a part of NWA? Because if he still has a contract with NWA, you know, yeah, because NWA's not doing anything right now, that they're, they're allowing him to do other stuff. But, you know, these hashtags are all cool. You know, I know Friday we're going to talk about what Booker T said about Naomi, and Booker T pretty much said what I said last Sunday, you know, which I fucking loved. But, you know, writing these hashtag stuff, you know, it's catchy and it gets attention. But you also got to just use common sense for a minute. You don't know what Eddie Kingston's contract status is with NWA. Would I like to see him in AEW? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Now, don't get me wrong. Diamante, Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz. I mean, so many people out there don't even realize. It was cool. It was kind of funny month or two ago when I brought up LAX and some people like, ah, DT, wrong, no, it's Antenna T. Why are you saying LAX? They had no idea. So there's a lot of people out there that aren't familiar of the history. But it was cool to have such an, an LAX influence tonight on Dynamite. The problem is, you look at Eddie Kingston, where does Eddie Kingston fall on the food chain in AEW? Where is the plethora of people that he can have feuds with? Do you feel he might be more as far as a managerial role? Yeah, possibly. Maybe you can have some Latin group later on. Not LAX, but maybe a, a hybrid of that. Right now, as much as I enjoyed Eddie Kingston today, I don't think he fits in the mold for AEW right now. I thought it was really, really good. Really, really cool. But um, so we had the opening match tonight, Eddie Kingston versus Cody. And by the way, I got to point this out, not trying to cause controversy, but um, anybody notice tonight? And again, I'm not trying to be a dick. And starting next week, I really got to cut the vulgar language down because I've had offers to take the shows further 
And the first complaint, got to cut you, cut down the vulgarity. People won't even notice, notice I promise. Um, anybody notice tonight the number of AEW stars around ringside that were not wearing their masks? It was quite a few of them. Florida is all fucked up right now with COVID. I have praised the shit out of AEW's testing for about four months now, maybe five months. I praised it and could not understand why WWE was being on the cheap. We talked about it. Remember like three, four months ago, I talked about the rapid test, $12 and all this other stuff, but even other testing. Stephanie caused a little controversy today, which we'll talk about Friday. If you haven't seen it yet, go look up at her response as far as, you know, how they're handling, you know, like COVID right now with testing and everything like that. All I'll tell you is that she used the O word once or twice. Optional. 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 Interesting. Optional. Go, go look it up. But um, AEW has been doing so good with their testing. And yes, everybody at ringside was tested. One, two. Uh, maybe three, but they've tested twice. So everybody at ringside was clean. But still, it's the impression that you come across. You see Sheeta, no mask. You see the girl next to her, literally one foot away, no mask. There was a lot of people around ringside for AEW tonight that were not wearing their masks. I don't give a shit if they're all clean or not. You know, Florida's all messed up right now. And to to come across as being a little bit lazy with the masks, like, and I talked about it last week. What is it with these people in wrestling that, you know, I, I mean, I was talking about this today. I went, I was in my office and I went downstairs to buy a coffee. And there was a woman, two two people in front of me and she's got the mask like this, like a football chin pad or something. And somebody in front of, in front of her said, can you please put your mask on? And she puts the mask on. She says, it's so hot. It's so hot with this mask on. It's, it's 90 degrees out and I got to get some air. And this is that. And I'm looking at this idiot, this brain dead bitch. And I'm saying to myself, dummy, dummy, you wear a mask and it's 90 degrees outside, your breath, the temperature of your breath is 98.6. It's around 98 degrees. All right, if your body temperature is 98.6, your breath is 98 degrees. Your breath inside your mask is hotter than outside. These people that complain, oh, it's so hot to wear a mask there, they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. It's an inconvenience for some people. I have to wear the mask five, six, seven hours a day. I see people at work in my father's store, seven, eight hours, they wear the mask. They take it off when they go pee, you know, and they'll take it off for lunch hour by themselves. But these people, NXT, standing around the ring, the AEW people, it's like, they put the mask on, and I gotta take my glasses off for this, and it's like, it's like a baby with a baby, but it's like the reverse of a baby bottle and a nipple. You get a baby, it's the opposite. 
This is it. What? What? What the fuck is wrong with these people? They don't even have blue check marks in their prima donnas. Idiots. I swear to God. It's the perception. You're showing your fucking fans, oh, we're not wearing masks either. I thought that was a really dumb move on AEW's part tonight. Thought it was a really dumb move. I have praised AEW's testing and and all of the precautions they've taken big time for months and months and months. And it's only one week. But I bet you next week, almost everybody around ringside is going to keep those masks on. By the way, did you catch the news today? And we'll get back to Kingston in a minute, but you catch the news today? In the summertime, AEW is doing a tag team cup tournament. Now, some people, you know, had some premature ejaculation. They're already tweeting, oh, I think Ivelisse and Diamante would be great as tag team champions. Ah, they're getting Brandy Rhodes and Allie going to be tag team champions. Um, it's a cup. It's not a title. It's a cup. Probably the reason why they're not doing titles yet is because, number one, they don't have titles made up. Number two, they want to bring people in for maybe one-shot or two-shot deals. I actually think the cup idea is a wonderful idea right now. Impact Wrestling, if you saw Impact this week, you know, they are kind of teasing that there may be uh, women's tag team championships in the future, which they had before. So AEW just passes them right up and decides they're going to, you know, have a tag team cup. So it's going to be 16 women, eight teams, four, four. No. Yeah, four and four. And then we'll, they're going to do that in, in uh, they said the summertime. Wait a minute. People were writing in the summertime. It is the fucking summertime. It's next month we start getting towards fall. So, look, I'm looking forward to it. So we'll we'll see what happens. But anyway, getting back to Eddie Kingston, um, Chop Fest. If you've never seen an Eddie Kingston match, tonight you got a little bit of a sample of what he does. It was a flat out brawl, no disqualification, anything goes. I loved it, and even. For the biggest Cody haters out there, you got to give the guy freaking credit for tonight. And by the way, for some of you with Super Chats, I promise you I'll get into you for a second. I didn't forget about you. I promise. Um, and uh, who's this guy? Wait, yeah, I, And I say this joking around. Who's this guy? Ryan A. Ryan, Wednesday Night Dynamite is a solo show. You know, I do five podcasts. Only one has someone... You know, with the first letter by the name of... Ke- Kev is not on Wednesdays. So, you know, but... Um, oh, you know, I think I know why he said that. Um, Ryan A., I will definitely talk about Joey Ryan in a few minutes. Trust me. We got some very interesting things to talk about. And believe me when I tell you, I personally think 99.99% of you out there are going to agree with what I say. In fact... I even think Joey Ryan, even though he would never talk to nobody like me, I even think Joey Ryan would say to yours truly, you know what? Yeah, you're 100% right. I'm telling you. Um, there you go. JC Moy in 1982. Hashtag sign Eddie Kingston. I would love Eddie Kingston on weekly television. I say weekly television. The problem is, like I said, I don't think 
He fits in the scope with AEW. Like you give me five people that he could feud with, you know, or have matches with the next week, and don't randomly choose choose people. You see, you know the the um, the the skeleton. You see the plan. You see the the format for AEW every week. You know, so I don't think Eddie Kingston fits in that mold right now. I loved it. I enjoyed it tremendously. And it also because it allows me to bring back a photo in a in a moment or two. Um, I don't know what is that. You look at the name on this. Ot og oi od lut. It's not even Japan. His username is what school do you go? Oh, okay. What school do you go to backwards? Very very cool. Very very cool. You got to put it upside down. Also, I got to show you how to put your things upside down. And by the way, I'm gonna be launching some uh, custom emojis here. So if you want to make fun of yours truly, I'm gonna put some emojis up where you can actually post like things of making fun of me. Just lighthearted humor. I could laugh at myself. And um, yeah, people just want to bitch, man. There's, there, there was not much to bitch about tonight. If, if there's anything for me to complain about as far as AEW is just the Diamante Evil East match. I, you know, I, I'm not gonna, you know, have a conniption over it. You know, there was, there was a lot of people really, really looking forward to that match. AEW saw the attention that that match got. And yeah, it was already taped. So they probably already did it and like, oh, fuck, fuck, you know. But um, Evil East doesn't lose any stock with how that match went down today. And um, A. Espinosa, yeah, he's in Miami and it's a mess right now. He works at a bar, four months, no work. You know, I know it's rough, man. I feel, I, I legitimately feel bad for everybody out there who is really struggling right now. You know, um, I, I try to joke around with it a little bit, but you know, when someone is having a hard time paying the bills, my humor uh, is not pleasant for them. So I don't joke around with anything like that. So, but anyway, let's get back to Eddie Kingston versus Cody. You got to give Cody credit. I don't care if you're the biggest detractor of Cody. Um, this guy, you know, and it's not just about this. It's not just about taking the thumbtacks because, all right, hater, hater alert, hater alert, hater alert. This is Wednesday Night Dynamite. It's hosted by yours truly. I've been doing this for 23 years. I interject personal experiences, not to put myself over, but to give people a little bit of an idea of how something looks or how something feels if I've gone through it as well. Did I suck as far as doing stuff in the ring? Absolutely. But for, your, for the people out there that wonder what the hell it feels like to get hit with tons of thumbtacks, this was yours truly about half an hour after I got the shit knocked out of me from Low Life Louis Ramos in USA Pro Wrestling. Yes, I know for the long time people, oh, here we go again. I only had three matches in my life. So if I bring it up, I got to keep bringing it up. My head got cut open pretty good. There was still only two thumbtacks lodged in my head, but it was, it was cut up pretty good. Yeah, I was just a goofy picture of me, very hairy, very fat, and um, that that was us posing after. Um, very, very happy for Louie. And trust me when I tell you, Louie, very happy to see Eddie Kingston tonight on AEW. But, you know, like I said, as far as Cody with the thumbtacks, 
What does this feel like? I'm not going to lie to you. And I've said this going back to whatever year it was, 2006, when I, you know, had that happen. How mine happened was Louis took about, I don't know, 1,000 thumbtacks. I did the opposite, like a goof. I'm an idiot. I'm an absolute idiot. What Louis did, and I have video of this. If anybody wants to see it, I'll pull it out of the archives and I'll upload it, you know, in a couple of weeks. But Louis takes a table and f- puts about a th- thousand th- thumbtacks on the table. Does he splash me through the table? Does he power bomb me through the table? Does he slam me through the table? No. What he does is he takes a beer bottle, breaks it over my head, then he takes my my shirt wraps it over my head to expose my back, and then lays me on the table. He lays me on the table with all the thumbtacks. So he puts me on the table, almost like the butcher before when he conveniently put himself on the table right before the young buck sent on. He puts me on the table, and now I'm feeling all these thumbtacks going in my skin. Then he goes off like the, the ring apron and splashes me through and all the time. I loved it. I loved it. It gave me an adrenaline rush. It it hurt but it was a hurt that was like a cool hurt, and I thought it was fucking great. I thought it was great. I loved it. So trust me, it's painful. Cody, you know, he when he tried to do the figure four, he's moved, putting his hands to make sure. And by the way, a little bit of love for Dusty Rhodes tonight. Just wanted to show some love. Uh, I was I planned on wearing the shirt anyway. I thought I was wearing it Monday, but everybody voted for Ravishing Rick Rude. But... You know, him moving his hands around and make sure he doesn't get thumbtacks in his hands, this shit does hurt. But that split-second feeling of the thumbtacks going in you, it stings for a second, but then you realize, you know, the visual that just happened. And trust me when I tell you, Cody was probably loving it. Some people, when you see them get slammed into tacks, you'll see them swim around in it. They'll turn upside down. They'll, like, move around. It hurts, but... It's, I can't explain it. It's a feeling that just feels really cool. And trust when I tell you, Cody uh, definitely enjoyed having this match with Eddie Kingston. You know, I, I know there's still a lot of people that don't like Cody Christ. For uh, You know, I could see why. But there was no chance Eddie Kingston was winning tonight. You know, he is not going to be part of AEW at the present moment. Ricky Starks. Think about what happened with him in NWA. Ricky Starks wouldn't have had to have left NWA if he could work AEW and NWA at the same time. There was no contract left. He was gone. So why didn't they DQ? There was no DQ, Ray. That's why they didn't DQ. Eddie, it was false count anywhere, pretty much. No DQ match. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it again. I was happy because we got what we wanted last week in Eddie Kingston. They had an awesome brawl, the Chop Fest. My God. You know, I, I've told you about the Chop challenges that a lot of wrestlers used to do back in the day. I don't know if they still do them anymore, but I witnessed one in XPW. It was Jerry Lynn, and I don't, I think it might have been Chaos. If anybody remembers Kid Chaos, Chaos. And they did a Chop challenge in a hotel room and they just kept chopping each other until one person gave in. I think chaos is the one that gave in Jerry Lynn chopped the shit out of this guy. They just chop and chop back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
And tonight's match was a chop fest. Um, I agree with you, Darren. Eddie Kingston managing proud and powerful, he's done it. So it fits. I just think right now, you got to understand this. I don't know what Eddie Kingston wants to still do inside the ring. I guess if you want to keep that trend, how many of you out there would like to see Homicide take on Cody? Haven't seen Homicide's name pop up anywhere. Think Homicide versus Cody would be a fucking great match. Think that would be, I, I could tell you on the indie circuit, if any promotion booked Homicide versus Cody as a main event, I think it would sell extremely well. But um, the thing is, is that we don't, Darren, I don't think you're a troll. Absolutely not. Nobody here is trolls. That's one thing I love about this show. Nobody trolls. And by the way, I will give it to you right now very, very quickly. So you don't have to write it now because, like I said, you have until Sunday night at midnight. All you got to do, and don't do it multiple times because it only counts for one vote. I already tested it. I did an unlisted post, and I used different logins, and I wrote multiple times to see how many entries, and it still only counted it as one. But... In the comments section, all you got to do, if you just want to put the hashtag, go right ahead. If you want to put the hashtag and then just give comments about tonight's shows that you saw or anything else I talk about with Joey Ryan or anything else, by all means, just make sure you have this hashtag in uh, the YouTube section, in the comment section. Very easy. Hashtag WND. So that is the hashtag. And uh, we'll see. We'll pick a winner. We'll do it. I'll do it Sunday night or early Monday morning. I'll save the video or maybe I'll post the video up early and then we'll re rehash it. Um, yeah, we'll rehash it. It'll be picked at random. So somebody will, will win it. And if you don't want to participate, then write your comments and just leave that out. So, but anyway, so Cody beats Eddie Kingston. Very, very fun match. And it opened up really, really well. Now, on the NXT side, it was interesting today because on the NXT side, they announced that NXT was going to open up with a big announcement from William Regal. And I'm not going to blame websites or podcasters for getting this royally wrong. Because William Regal, the way he tweeted today, gave some people, you know, concern that maybe he was leaving either WWE or maybe stepping out down as general manager. Because earlier today on Twitter, William Regal writes, and I quote, Serving as the general manager of NXT has been an incredible honor. To see the men and women of this brand over the last couple of months has been inspiring and invigorating. Tonight's announcement will be an yet another step forward for NXT. So when that was written, right away, the rumors start floating around. William Regal likely to step down as NXT GM. Now, I, again, I don't blame people for thinking that, the way he wrote that, but to write it as news was stupid. Shout out to those three websites that I saw that, you know, quietly deleted their news article. They thought they had a scoop, but uh, that, you know what? It's good that they were wrong. I think William Regal does a great job. Everybody likes William Regal. William Regal, right now, you know, only on Zoom, it's fine. No problems at all. I see people putting hashtag WND in the chat section. It's not the chat section. It's the comment section. 
it's the comment section. I, I, no, 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 it's cool. It's cool. Nobody's a goof, but it's in the comment section. The chat section doesn't do anything. It's the comment section. So you could write it in the chat too, you know? Um, but anyway, so William Regal, some people thought maybe he was stepping down. Wasn't the case, but I don't know how many people like this. I will tell you that I didn't like it at all. And I'll tell you why I didn't like it. They announced, William Regal announced, that Keith Lee was relinquishing the NXT North American Championship. And they announced that they're going to be having triple threat matches. And the winner of these triple threat matches will go on to have a ladder match at NXT TakeOver August 22nd to decide the next NXT North American Champion. Now, tonight when I do the recap, you know, I'm going to occasionally go back and forth. We really don't have to get into extreme details tonight. The overall synopsis is good enough, but I think you'll appreciate why I'm going this way. You had Cody and Eddie Kingston open up with a phenomenal match. Neither show was live. So, you know, it's not like, oh, well, we have to counter this or counter that. It's just the way it happened. But to have it open up with this announcement, I did not like it at all. And I'll tell you why I don't like it. The end of NXT tonight. You had to stare down with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. I like it. But I had that immediate reality check about Karrion Cross versus Keith Lee. You almost feel that they want Karrion Cross to get a win on Keith Lee. So the problem is you could understand having a non-title match between the two. But when you have two title belts and neither title's on the line, it gets kind of eh. Not only that, Keith Lee... It's obvious WWE doesn't want him to lose one title and keep one title or lose two titles or keep both titles. So they decided to do this today to have Keith Lee relinquish the North American Championship. And Keith Lee, somehow they interject Tim Brooks with this and you know he uh, wants opportunity for others and this and that. Oh, that's fucking nice and sweet. But it's I don't like it at all. Because now Karrion Cross could take on Keith Lee, and I know he still is the NXT Heavyweight Champion, but having a non-title, it gets confused. I understand why some people think it gets confusing. If Cross versus Lee happens and there's no title on the line, if he's a double champion, then what does he do? Pick this champion and another? And then why would anybody fight for just the North American Championship when you have the whole you know major heavyweight championship on the same person? So I get why they don't want to have Keith Lee as a double champion. But what does this leave you with? This leaves you with the moment. Keith Lee holding both belts, the moment. And, you know, that's it. They should have announced right away that he relinquishes the title at that particular moment. Look, I reveal my age a little bit, but... Back in 1982, 
at Shea Stadium, Bob Backlund, who is the WWF heavyweight champion, teamed up with Pedro Morales, and they beat the Wild Samoans for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Right after the match was over, Bob Backlund was a double champion. Right after the match was over, they announced that he cannot hold both belts, so he had to relinquish the WWF Tag Team Championship. Why do I say this is stupid? Because you think about it in storyline. If Bob Backlund was never allowed, in storyline, never allowed to keep both titles, why the fuck would Tito uh, Tito said? Why would the fuck would Pedro Morales team up with him in the first place? Yo, Bob, you want to team up with me? Beat the Wild Samoans. I can't keep my belt if I win it, but we could we could win anyway. It makes no sense. Why would you team up with someone that if you win you can't keep it? So, as a kid, when they won the tag titles, like yeah, uh, uh, you know, so. I don't like, no, 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 you can't use ECW as an example because Sandman, if I remember correctly, was the heavyweight champion and the tag team champion with two cold Scorpio. So, you know, some feds, you're allowed double champions. You know, Becky Two Belts, uh, uh, Bailey Dose Straps. But point is, it feels like for this moment, with Keith Lee holding both belts and then... We'll just take the belt off him. I don't like it because it feels like Karrion Cross now is not in, t- in line for any gold anytime soon. And quite honestly, that's probably the right way to go. He's still new in NXT, and there's no rush. You don't have to blow your load. I know there's some people online that are blowing their load, that Karrion Cross is on his momentum. I love it. I love it. But, you know, I hate to compare it to sex but if you're having some great sex with a partner whoever it is and it's great you know you don't want it to just end in a couple of you know you you want to take your time relax take it easy enjoy the moment savor this and that there's no rush with carrying cross but him relinquishing the title just said to me okay they don't want carrying cross fighting him for a non-title match or they don't want him fighting where both belts are on the line or do you have to do a three-way and why would you do a three-way if all the other matches are three ways leading to a ladder match i just didn't like it i didn't like it the explanation was kind of dopey if keith lee and this i'll leave it with this and i think this comment now will convince everyone to agree with me if you go by tonight's storyline if keith lee was all about opportunity for others. Then, motherfucker, why did you fight for title versus title in the first place? In storyline. For the weeks leading up to it, he had no problem. All his promos. Be both champions. And then he won it. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Jeff Collins didn't Ultimate Warrior have to drop the IC title when he beat all And like I said, different promotions have different rules. But the thing is, at that time, we knew in storyline that if the Ultimate Warrior won, that, you know, he would be the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. So I just think, you know, it's not a big deal, but all that hype for title versus title, somebody will be a double champion. 
and two weeks later, you know, somebody decides, hey, you know, other people should have opportunity. So I like the outcome, but I don't like how it led up to it. Because now, without him having a North American championship and carrying Cross, as far as I know, not being in these contender matches, you know, now he fights Keith Lee. They might make it for the heavyweight championship, but you'll probably see a disqualification finish, maybe a count out, maybe this. You know, so I don't know. Let's let it play out a little bit. So I was kind of like let off the beginning of NXT with kind of a blah. Dexter Loomis beating Killian Dane. Fun match. Dexter Loomis, you know, he hits the Kata Gatame. 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 I'm de- you know, I'm thinking of uh, Hachdeme. I don't know. Taz used to have a move. You know, you know what I'm talking about. But the Kata Gatame on Killian Dane. He tries to break out of it, but can't. He passes out. So, you know, he doesn't necessarily lose. You know, the referee calls. He gets submission win. I, I I continue to say Dexter Loomis is my favorite NXT guy right now with Karrion Cross at number two. Keith Lee's probably number three. Keith Lee, you know, they didn't utilize him all that much for a couple of months, and now they, they're bringing him out a little bit more. But, you know, Killian Dane, I'm just not into him as of yet. Um, the match was very competitive, and Dexter Loomis has got... Great momentum. All right, some people says no audio. One sec, one sec, let's see. No audio, hold on. Let me see what the fuck happened here. Oh, no audio, hold on. Why is there no audio? Let me see what the fuck happened here. One second, one second. All right, one second. Uh, There we go. All right, yeah, I love it. I apologize, everyone. For a couple of seconds and no audio. But you see what I just did? I hit one button. One button. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for bearing with me. But is the audio good now? Are we good? Are we good? Yeah, we're back. All I have to do is hit one button. It resets. It's not easy. That's why, like I say, it's not... It it was a lot of work before just doing audio only, this just puts it over the top. So January 1st, you know, audio only will still be available on Patreon and stuff like that. And I'm not trying to screw anybody over, but I got to cut down my workload. Seriously, got to cut down the workload. And yeah, it might sound a little dickish, like, um, you know, if I got to work extra for it, some people got to pay for it. So Patrons, existing Patrons, they get a bonus. So in fact... You know, we'll, we'll leave it right there right now. Some people know, you know, there's a show that I do during a week that might move to Patreon only as well. But we haven't decided on that yet, and we'll wait a little bit. So uh, let's see. Let's get back to this. Yeah, we're good. We're good with audio. All right, so you have Dexter Loomis beating Killian Dane. It was a very good match. I'm still not feeling with Killian Dane, and not for nothing, you can't just throw this guy out there after hardly being used all that much at all and then expect everybody to be like, oh, yeah. you know, I don't think there was any doubt for everyone out there that Dexter Loomis was winning this match. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, let's let's get back to this. 
I'm just checking to make sure everybody can still tune in. Everybody says everything's good, so that's all good. Like I said, we had horrible rain earlier today. I'm not lying, man. Look, this is a towel, and you could see, like, it's, like, soaked. It's really soaked. So I had to wipe up, like, tons of water before we went live, but there was no way that I was not going to give you all a show. You know, I try to be Mr. Reliable, so... By the way, we had a nice return tonight to AEW. I told you last week it was happening. I don't know why people doubt me sometimes. So anyway, let's get back to AEW. Um, we had after the uh, the Kingston match promo by John Moxley, um, and he said that you know he was disappointed that he didn't get to hear Brian Cage's arm pop, and uh, you know this leads to a Taz promo a little bit later. Before Taz's promo, we have MJF winning a squash match against Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison, some people already have heard of him. You know, look, not a bad wrestler. He's up and coming. I did get a kick out of how MJF, like, mistaken him for Jungle Boy. They weren't going to try to go to Brian Pillman Jr. out, even though he kind of looks like him as well. But basically, MJF trolled him and kept going on the microphone and, you know, insisted that Garrison say that he's undefeated, which he is, and MJF defeats him with the Heat Seeker. Um, squash match, muted DT, muted DT. Hold on, don't tell, I, I hope people are not, nah, you see, now, now people are, no, now people are gonna have. I'm gonna have to stop blocking people because some people are trying to get me nervous, thinking that you know what I can do. I'll, I'll fix that problem right now. All I got to do is see. Now I have three windows in front of me, so I could see my mic levels and I could see my notes and I could see what you all you motherfuckers are saying as well. So you know, yeah, everybody says they can hear me. So yeah, sorry, sorry, Will Rex, sorry, my friend. So next we have Tony Schiavone with Rebel backstage. Britt Baker, she's on the comeback trail. All Out apparently is going to be her destination of a return. Um, you know, not bad, not bad. Taz's promo, this is a continuation of him on social media. Again, I didn't have any problem with Taz throwing in the towel last week. I know people on social media did have a problem with it. And honestly, I feel, with all due respect, that AEW and Taz and the whole storyline, they hooked, they suckered some people. They threw the fishing line with the worm in the water. Taz throws in a towel. And they're throwing it and reeling it in. Let's see how many jabronis that will cry why did Taz throw in a towel? That's stupid. Why did he throw in a towel? They succeeded in exactly what they wanted to do. My problem was Brian Cage standing on the rampway, no selling that John Moxley almost popped his arm out. Even if Brian Cage is the toughest son of a bitch out there, you know, your arm scientifically, if it's almost popped out and, you know, he, he's got pain and doesn't want to show it still. You know, by him not showing any evidence of any pain, it diminishes what John Moxley just did to him. So by them throwing the bait out there and people sticking to Taz throwing in the towel, 
it takes the focus off the fact that Brian Cage, in my opinion, embarrassed himself by no-selling the fucking arm uh, move by Moxley last week. It's exactly what they did. So Taz's promo today is an extension to what's been going on on social media. Now, Taz, oh, you know, Brian Cage, he already had a torn bicep. I had it. I don't want Brian Cage to have it twice, this and that. I will not allow that to happen, blah, 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 blah. Darby Allen hits the ring because Darby Allen, Brian Cage, there's some history from the last pay-per-view. Darby Allen did that dumb move off the freaking ladder. You know, the, the ladder almost killed himself, almost broke his leg in half. Brian Cage, if anybody followed AEW Dark yesterday, you already knew that Brian Cage and Taz got un- technically a new member. That is Ricky Starks. I am ecstatic that they are taking Ricky Starks off of, just di- of AEW Dark and putting him on Dynamite. That was my complaint last week. This guy is a bigger star. There's no need to just keep him hidden on AEW Dark. Yesterday on Dark, they had him join up with Taz and Brian Cage, which was awesome. And tonight they continued that. And Brian uh, Brian Cage was beating on Darby Allen. Darby Allen was about to get some offense in, and here comes Ricky Starks beating down Darby Allen. Moxley ends up making the save. Return the favor. Last week, Darby Allen came to the save of Mox. This week, Mox came to the save of Darby Allen. Next week, it's a tag team match. Mox and Darby Allen versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. I like it. I like it. Shizuid! What the hell is AEW Dark? Google it. That's probably the best way I could say it. Google it. If you're a wrestling fan, it's similar to what WWE used to do with jacked metal main event. You have some wrestlers that can't get time on the big show, so they have the preliminary matches. So next for AEW, and we'll stick for AEW for now, then we'll get to NXT. NXT had less matches tonight. Probably one or two were the biggest noteworthy of them all. Um, then we'll talk about Joey Ryan and a few other things. Little impact wrestling. We'll go back to that a little bit as well, time permitting. But uh, next we had the ice cream men. The butcher and the blade. The butcher and the baker. They're wearing their white. Now, now all of a sudden, we have the butcher cutting meat. Oh, why do you think they call him the butcher for? Oh, oh did you didn't think he, well, he cuts meat? Duh. Uh, number one. My father owns a butcher shop in a deli since 1982. I worked in there for many, many years. I could still cut meat if I want to. You wear a white apron to protect yourself from your clothes. You don't wear white jeans and a white shirt and white shoes when you're cutting meat. You get blood on you. You get chicken juice on you. To have them wearing white, all white, in a that's even goofier than being ice cream men. No, Jody, it's not just so they could see the blood. It's stupid. That's goofy. That's asinine. That's just dumb. They're wearing all white. That's just asinine, man. The butcher and the blade. But you know what, man? This match with the Young Bucks... 
it did slack at times, but I enjoyed it tremendously. It was Falls Count Anywhere, Anything Goes. They brawled in the kitchen area. They're cutting steaks. They're brawling in the kitchen area. They're brawling around the stadium. They're brawling by the concession stand. And I agree, Les Davis Jr., the butcher throwing Nick Jackson on that truck, you know, gave a lot of memories of Kevin Nash throwing Rey Mysterio like a dart on the trailer back when they did the NWO storyline, that big, long, extended angle that time. I still, Sam, my father still has the story. Yes, he does. But um, <laughs> somebody's asking me, Wrestling with Wrestling's asking, outside of Tenderloin, what do I think is the best cut of meat? Um, porterhouse. Porterhouse, I think, is most tender. I know a lot of people like ribeye. My favorite steak, believe it or not, is skirt steak. I don't know, there's something about skirt steak. You cut in very thin little piece. Oh, it's so good. I had skirt steak on Sunday. But uh, a little churrasco sauce, you know, give it a little Latino t feel to it. Mmm, love it. But porterhouse steak is the bomb, man. Porterhouse is the bomb. You get both pieces. You get like a little tiny piece of filet, and you get the other cut of the meat. And the funny thing is, for everyone out there, you know, don't want to go off track here, but everybody knows now I'm on a keto diet. No, really? So, you know, no bread, no sugar, no grains. I haven't had any of that since April of last year. For 40-some-odd years, 80% of my diet had starch, pasta, pizza, potato chips, popcorn, bread. That was it. At some points in my life, if you gave me pussy or if you gave me a, a nice bowl of potato chips, sour cream and onion, I'd have to think for a little while, you know? So getting cold turkey on that, that was not fun. So now I'm into steak, but I was never into steak my whole life. Hanger steak is awesome too, Espinosa. Hanger steak is great. You know what would be great right now? If everybody could take a quick moment and give the episode a little thumbs up, I would appreciate it. So it gives a little exposure to some other areas. So anyway, they're brawling everywhere. Um, they end up getting back to ringside. Uh, they set up some tables. You know, at one point, which was kind of funny, they're like on the ground floor. There's an escalator going up, going down. And the Young Bucks super kick blade, and he falls back onto the escalator. Now, thank God for him. I don't know if anybody saw it, but, you know, you got to be careful when you're, like, going up an escalator or, like, even in an elevator. We've heard tragedies of an elevator and some, you know, my God, I saw that video about six months ago. Thank God, and I'm saying it only now because the dog is okay, but some dumb moron, to say it nicely, she goes into an elevator with her dog on a leash she doesn't pick up the dog. She doesn't wrap the leash up and put it in the purse. A dumb idiot from California. She's got the, the, the dog on the floor. The dog goes into the elevator. And she's got the leash walk, like she's walking him. And right before the elevator door closed, psh, the dog runs out of the elevator. Well, guess what happens when the door closes? The leash going up. And you see the dog go up like this. Somebody got the dog free. Thank God the dog was okay. But escalators too. I know someone, we used to 
Queen Center Mall, we used to play games in the elevators and the escalators. What we used to do in the elevators is, is after the elevator would close the door and we pick like the third floor or something, halfway through, if you pulled the doors open, the elevator would stop, but the doors would open and you would see whatever you would see. On the escalators too, we used to run up when they were going down or we used to like lay on the escalators. You got to be careful because you're laying on the steps. The sides of the escalator... That's not slippery. And if you put your ear or you put your head on the side of the escalator and you're going up and you get stuck a little bit, trust me, that escalator ain't going to just stop and say, fix yourself. So you'll see at one point where the blade kind of like repositions himself because his head was probably going. So go back and watch it. You'll see what I'm talking about. You would only know that if you fucked with escalators. But um, basically, the the young bucks end up back at the ring. They're beating down the butcher. Blade was supposedly unconscious on the escalator for a little while, but Blade ultimately comes back. They end up brawling down the rampway. There was one point where uh, they did a combination of a power bomb and a net breaker combo on Matt when uh, that looked really really nice. And by the way, speaking of power bombs, I hope Darby Allen didn't get injured. Tonight, I don't think he did, but there was a point where Brian Cage powerbombed Darby Allen outside the ring on a rampway, and then he powerbombed him inside the ring. You go back and you look at the powerbomb that Cage gave Allen outside the ring, it looked like Darby Allen landed on his tailbone. That looked painful. I mean, that guy's a tough son of a bitch, Darby Allen. But if you go back and watch it, you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, so, we have them brawling on the rampway. The Young Bucks end up getting the upper hand. If you pitch it a rampway for AEW, they set up a table on one side, set up a table on the other side. Super kicks to the Blade, super kicks to the Butcher. At one point, the Blade was on his knees, and they gave him like a double knee to the head, knocked his ass out, laid him out on the table. Looked beautiful. Just looked great. Then they super kicked the butcher, and the butcher conveniently like puts himself halfway on the table, which you know I I can forgive that because that happened in ECW. You go back and you watch old school ECW, you'll see the wrestlers doing the very same thing, nothing different. We just refused to look at it at the time because we were such diehards of ECW fans. Even when you'd see the wrestlers talk to each other, you'd be like, <laughs> like, like you almost felt guilty to actually see something that you really weren't supposed to. But um, isn't that like part of Brian Pillman's? Anybody remember the, the, the 1-900, what was it? 1-900-909-PILL? I'm turning into Forrest Gump when it comes to wrestling history. That's what's good about doing a history show. You, you're reminded of everything. You remember everything. I remember he would be like, shh, you might hear something you're not supposed to. Brian Pillman's hotline was awesome. I definitely spent... Bucks, my mom's phone bill. You know, at least it wasn't porn. I used to call, I've told the stories of growing up Don Tony stories about the calling the ECW hotline. I can't tell you how many free hats and free shirts I got back then. You know, um, no, Jody, it was 1-900-909-PILL. I think that's what it was, PILL. Um, 
Brian Pillman had an awesome hotline, man. It really wasn't an ECW hotline, but because he was doing stuff in ECW, it kind of felt like an ECW hotline. But uh, you know what? Friday on the Don Tony Soul, we'll reminisce a little bit about the hotlines from the 90s. Not my hotlines. I won't put the focus on me. We'll talk about some of the hotlines from back in the day, my memories of them. So they end up laying the butcher and the blade out on the tables. They climb the structure. They're about 20, 25 feet high, for real. I mean, they were legit that high, and they both did sentons onto the butcher and the blade. They got the win. What I loved about this match is you didn't have any clusterfuck other people getting involved. I honestly thought, would it be in pretty much no DQ and anything goes? I, you know, I was like, please, I don't want to see FTR get involved with this. I don't want to see Kenny Omega help them to the back after. I don't want to see them having a beer with Paige. You know, just let them have their fucking match. Keep them separate. We don't have to see the family keep, like, interacting with each other. Um, Swanton bombs. Yeah, I do what I say, Senton. But uh, I loved it. I thought it was a great match. Could have been better at some points, but it was a really fun match. You really could not complain. What I loved also was Lance Archer. You know that I have been complaining ever since his match with Cody that they have done a piss-poor job of Lance Archer. What they did today was reminiscent of Lance Archer in the forest, in the ring, the backyard, beating up everybody. Oh, my God. I loved it. It, I just fantasized that they were podcasters. You know, unfortunately, some of the podcasters wouldn't have fit that mold of the people that were in that locker room. But basically, Alex Marvez go, tries to interview Lance Hoyt. Jake Roberts is there. And Jake Roberts is doing better after having that surgery. You know, he's sling no more. Um, and Lance Archer, he just started beating the shit out of people in the locker room. And he did something that gave me flashbacks of Ridgewood Grove Arena, 1983, 82-83. Remember when I used to tell, tell the stories and I used to go as a kid to the Ridgewood Grove Arena and the ceilings were low? And one time, Superfly Jimmy Snooker climbed to the top of the rope and he looked up and the, the ceiling tiles were right there. And he pushed it up and it was dust coming down. It was funny. But I always remember the low ceiling tiles. Lance Archer picks up this one goof Sorry, it's goof-free month, but I think tonight we can make a little exception because I don't think the guy ran a website or a podcast. He picks up this red-headed goof and throws him up in the air, and he goes through the ceiling tile. The visual was just incredible. I mean, they need to continue doing that. They need, for a couple of weeks, they need Lance Hoyt to be uncontrollable and calling someone out for a fight. You know, he's got to call someone out. Just causing havoc with no end game. You know, it's not, well, AEW, take notice. That's not good enough. There's got to be someone in particular. This way, it comes across that people are getting hurt because certain person is not answering Lance Hoyt's challenge. I absolutely, that was an awesome segment tonight. Excellent, excellent. Diamante versus Ivelisse. What a letdown. Don't shit on Diamante for this one. It was a quick match. Ivelisse used the powerbomb, got a near fall, 
And then all of a sudden, Ivelisse hits the ropes and Diamante just like cradles her. Like, oh, it can happen at any time. It just, it fell flat. It was not very good. You know, they didn't want Diamante to lose. Diamante's fighting Akara Shida next week. Diamante is not bad. She really is not. But is she in the same league as Ivelisse or Shida and others? No, I wouldn't say. She, you know, she can hold her own. But I particularly did not like this at all. Um, let's see what happens with Ivelisse. And like I said, if you're a fan of hers, you will absolutely love next week's giveaway. It is really cool. Trust me. Really, really cool. What was not cool today is five. Five. Did you notice tonight how they kept using his name, Alan Angels? Because f when I hear five, I want to do a number two for three. Seriously. When five is on TV, I go and do number one or number two for three minutes. That's really what it is. You had Hangman Page beat five, who tonight they kept saying, Alan Angels, Alan Angels, Alan Angels, Alan Angels, Alan Angels. And he got squashed. He got squashed. Um, I agree, Espinosa. WWE so overproduced, AEW feels unscripted. That's what ECW used to feel like. I remember, and I think they even said it on the rise and fall of ECW, I think it was. I remember friends of mine saying like, you know, no, 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 wrestling is, well, they used to say wrestling is fake, but that was real. The one part of ECW that I remember people the most that I knew insisting that it was real was the time where Raven and Tommy Dreamer brawled in the bar. If anybody remembers that segment. I can't tell you how many of my wrestling fans were convinced that that storyline was real, that that brawl was real. I loved it. I loved it. So, But tonight I did not love Hangman Page beating up on Allen Angels. Beats him, squashes him. Dark Order is not happy. They're standing along the rampway. Then all of a sudden, Colt Cabana, why the storyline didn't continue? This is, once again, every other week they continue the storylines. If they follow the trend next week, we won't have Colt Cabana or Brody Lee on TV. Uh, maybe dark, but um, basically you got five members of the Dark Order. Brody Lee and Cole Cabana come out. Brody Lee hits the ring. Brody Lee basically says to uh, to Hangman Page that you know he's impressed with the match. He's impressed with Hangman Page's rise to stardom, but he's not impressed that he's around ringside with none of his friends, without his partner, and his life is in danger. But Brody Lee offers him a spot in the Dark Order. They'll protect him in the bar. They'll protect him in the ring. Hangman Page says, no, I don't want to be part of a cult. We then get uh, Brody Lee go gets in the ear of Evil Uno, Pizza Uno, and then Brody Lee and Cole Cabana go in the back because Cole Cabana can't be one of the people doing the beat down to Hangman Page in the ring. So five of them are beating down uh, Hangman Page. Then you have FTR come out, and it was a great visual. FTR comes out with a styrofoam cooler with ice and a couple of beers in it. Boom! Smashes it over a member of the Dark Order's head. Ice everywhere. Styrofoam breaks apart. Looked great. Then you have Kenny Omega who shows up a little bit late. And um, 
If you followed it closely, Hangman Page accepts a beer from FTR, even shakes the hand. For about 30 seconds, Hangman Page acts like Kenny Omega is not there and doesn't even exist. Five Allen Angels. Angels. Yes, that's who it was. So, um, not bad. You know, the segment after. Uh, then we had uh, the announcements for next week. Tornado tag match. Ricky Starks and Brian Cage versus Moxley and Darby Allen. All four members in a ring at the same time. Cody will have another TNT challenge. Hikarashita versus Diamante next week. Um, main event, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Chris Jericho and uh, Jake Hager. You know, it wasn't a bad match. You know, for me, the problem is, is that we've had Jericho and Guevara take on the Jurassic Express. We've had Jericho and Jungle Boy. We've had Marcos. You know what I mean? Like, there's been a lot of combinations already. So the match, it did not feel main event, in my opinion. There was some gaga times. They, there was some good aerial maneuvers but as well. But it was, it felt a little bit lacked, lacklustered as far as the main event goes. But I think the big story, obviously, was Serpentico, who they thought was Serpentico, but I think most of us immediately realized it was Guevara. Last week, I said Guevara is going to be back either this week or next week at the utmost latest. Serpentico hits the ring, and he's attacking the Jurassic Express, and I immediately figured out it was Guevara. That's why I tweeted it earlier. Hager's legs don't look weird. I know why you say that, because his upper body is, you know, his, his physique. I, to me, he, they look fine. But I do know what you're talking about with that. But, um, you know, I, I, the aftermatch beatdown is really the story, because Guevara is back. Then as they went off the air, they announced that um, you would have all five members of the Inner Circle next week taking on best friends, Orange Cassidy, the Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. I don't think Marco Stunt. It, the funny thing is, they should have possibly put Marco Stunt in the match anyway and have six on five. You know, I know they don't want to do that because they don't want Marco Stunt to look like, you know, five and a half versus five. But uh, no, no, no. Serpentico on AEW Dark was Serpentico. It was just Guevara wearing a mask. You know, you could look at the physique and figure out it wasn't Serpentico almost immediately. But. I'm happy Sammy Guevara is back. Um, it was a fast month, in my opinion. Uh, the suspension was was fine. The you know the the classes, you know it is what it is. We already talked about that. But Sammy Guevara, whether you feel his punishment was over the top or if it was justified, one thing is for certain. Um, Sammy Guevara realizes that. If he were to say something stupid like that again, you know, his career in AEW could be over because the internet is so fucking powerful with this. I mean, what he said about Sasha went viral. Funny, four years ago, nobody gave a shit about it. I'm not justifying it, but it was out there. People watched it on a podcast. I mean... You know, somebody tweets and deletes and sums up there for seven seconds and, you know, everybody gets a screenshot and it turns viral. So, you know, it's just, it's amazing 
how some things could just people just turn a blind eye to, but other things they will go batshit over. So in overall, this was a learning experience for Guevara that, you know, if he had any doubt to himself, like, oh, I was just kidding around. I didn't mean anything by it. That's not good enough anymore. The, the internet will cancel you out. They will put so much pressure on a promotion, they will force you out. And that was AEW tonight. Now, uh, NXT, you know, we had um, Brizongo versus Everrise. And, you know, the highlight, obviously, of this match was the attire that Brizongo had when they came out for their match. They dressed up like the Quebecers. Even the beginning of the music tonight was the Quebecers, and then it led to Brizongo. Um, look, as far as um, Everrise go, you know, some people may not know about their background. They come from Canada. You know, they were Scott Parker and Shane Matthews. You know, now they're, they're known as Chase Parker and Matt Martell. I know their style, their mic ability, and a lot about them is different. But hopefully WWE gets the, gets the memo quickly. And I feel bad for Everize. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen people already say, oh, this is WWE's like low-budget version of the Young Bucks. The way they dress, their physical size, their look... A lot of people are calling them a Young Bucks, like Young Bucks light. And they're not. They're not in the Young Bucks category. Um, I don't, I think they need some type of a change. I know it sucks. Why should someone be forced to change their look or their gimmick? You know, but I'm telling you, there are too many trolls online. They will never get past the stigma of looking like a Young Bucks ripoff. I'm telling you. It's not me saying it. There's a lot more to them than people realize. They're not bad at all. But they, something's got to change with that. Something's got to change. Nah, Benjamin, yeah, maybe a little bit like the Spaceball stunt doubles. That would, oh, that was fun when we did that. But, you know, it's it's like, a, I don't want to call them Young Bucks light. I know how much lighter, you know, they'll just fly away from, from a strong breeze, but Tyler Breeze. But uh, Brazango gets the win tonight. Take notice of uh, Indira Sheer. Not on TV, not a mention. Kind of feel a little bad for Malcolm Bivens, but uh, nothing really. Shotzi Blackheart over Aaliyah gets a little bit of payback. Um, match was very quick. You know, Robert Stone, you know, still selling the foot injury, trying to get involved in the match. Towards the end of the match, Shotzi Blackheart kicks him. He climbs the ramp, the apron, gets kicked by Blackheart, falls off the apron, claims that he seriously injured his ankle. He's yelling in pain. Shotzi Blackheart gets the win. And, uh, Ray, you can't call the Young Bucks Rockers ripoffs because the Rockers were 20-some-odd years ago. All right, if you're going to say that, you, you could call other people in wrestling ripoffs of people from 5, 10, 20 years ago. Not, not a good comparison, in my opinion. But anyway, so Shotzi gets the win. Once again, she runs over Robert Stone's leg. And then 
you have Mercedes Martinez come out. She levels Shotzi Blackheart. And she just very slowly wa walks backwards up the rampway. Aliyah's just looking and concerned that she might be attacked next. Mercedes Martinez just looks at them and walks off. Aliyah's trying to lift the, uh, the tank off of Robert Stone's leg. Then later on, Mercedes Martinez hires Robert Stone and the Stone brand, and now Mercedes Martinez is part of that family. Robert Stone brand has gained Mercedes Martinez, but Mercedes Martinez, you know, making sure that... Ro Basically, Robert Stone will still be Mercedes Martinez's bitch. He will be... She, she will be part of the Robert Stone brand. Um... Neil Ray, do I think Dexter Loomis is solid and he'll be a future champ? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not even a question. Dexter, it's just a matter of time. Um, let's see if uh, Dexter Loomis ends up in this tournament. What's the match next week? It's Finn Balor versus... Wait, I, I wrote it down over here. It's Finn Balor. Oh, wait, no, no. Loomis is in it next week. It's Dexter Loomis, Finn Balor, and Timothy Thatcher. So, I don't know. Um, Finn Balor had a pretty impressive promo today talking about how he was going to get the NXT North American Championship. That is an interesting match next week. I find Thatcher, Balor, and Loomis 10 times more interesting than Gargano, Reed, and Strong. As I said earlier, it was an excellent match, but it felt like it went way too long. Bronson Reed getting the win, impressive, talented, bright future, Seems like a likable guy. I personally don't give a shit if he's in that ladder match. You know, when you have to hear, it's my time, it's my time, it's my time, it probably isn't your time. When the fans say it's your time, then it could be your time. But if you notice, most of the time, I know we keep saying time, we're almost short on time, but most of the time when someone says it's their time, but not the fans, it's not really that time. He's not Fatarats, even though it's kind of funny, Fatarats. He's a Fatarats. What'd you call me? Fatarats. So anyway, Timothy Thatcher beats Only Larkin once again. Notice how the NXT fans this time around weren't banging and excited and this and that. It's the first couple of minutes of that match, the dead silence, I said, okay, yeah, that kind of like is more apropos for this match. Um, there's no way Timothy Thatcher was going to be slighted going into this match next week. Um, then we had the main event. You know, Karrion Cross beating Dominic Dijakovic. Dijakovic had a lot more offense than I think some people thought he would get. I wouldn't have had it any different. Dijakovic is a powerhouse. He's excellent. Him and Keith Lee had some of my favorite matches in NXT to date. You know... Just because you may not like Dijakovic doesn't mean that he sucks. Um, just like so many other people that I may not particularly like that you say don't suck. It's not a matter of sucking or not, but towards the end of the match, Keith Lee comes out. And, you know, Karrion Cross is beating down Dijakovic, and Keith Lee is teasing that he's going to get interfere in the match, and Dijakovic is like, no, no, no. And, like, almost like a movie. Like, Karrion Cross just puts Dijakovic out of his misery. If he dies, he dies, you know. And they had that stare down after. 
I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it. No, never sleep again. We got to cut this off at 12.05. We have to. Not going to have that disaster like the Don Tony show next week. But remember, less than 40 hour, 48 hours, I'm right back here. We'll continue the conversation. We have a lot of stuff that we could get into next week. Uh, not even next week, Friday. So um, now as far as ratings go, man, last week, AEW hammered NXT in the ratings. We knew that AEW was winning. We just didn't think they were going to win by that much. But it was no denying, I think we said it last week, the match placement by NXT was just sloppy. And sorry, nothing against, you know, you know the main event with Io Shirai last week. I don't think it was strong. And, you know, you and Friday, if you missed it, I got into the quarter-hour breakdowns. Every Friday, we talk about the ratings. Friday's ratings day. And I got into each quarter as far as what the breakdowns were, what was the highest, the lowest drop, and everything else. Check out Friday's show. We'll do that Monday, as, uh, this Friday as well. I think this week AEW does excellent once again. You know, I know there's a lot of people very excited about Karrion Cross's future. We got to be careful a little bit because if tomorrow's rating really disappoints, and more importantly, when you look at the quarter hour breakdown and the quarter hour for that match is lackluster, you know, kind of, you know, it shouldn't sour any big fans out there, but it should also keep it in reality. He's developing still. You know, it's not all of a sudden he should be heavyweight champion, he should main event WrestleMania, he this. You know, he's, they're building him. They're developing him. They're seasoning him. They're, you know, they've just planted him in the ground. I mean, my God, it's like planting a vegetable. You plant the vegetable and some morons out there, some clowns, they see a first flower. The first carrion cross flower came out of the ground. Yank! Where's my carrot? Where's my carrot? And then you realize you got is a weed. The fucking thing's only been in the ground for a month, month and a half. Let the fucking carrot grow. Let it grow into a big carrot. Then you cut it up and you enjoy it. You know? You know? Some people just really, really are just too overexcited. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being having fandom hoods for certain people, but keep it, keep it reality a little bit. They're just starting with him. So, with that said, I think AEW dominates again this week. I'll say AEW does 822,000. No, you know what? I'm going to go a little... Oh, you know, the, 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 no, nah, it was good. good night tonight. I'm going to go 822 for AEW and NXT. I'm going to say 741. 822. No, you know what? I got to go lower than that. I got to lower than that. Um, oh, you know, Masterbird, that's a good one, too. NBA's comeback could could mess a little bit with the ratings. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't think it'll tinker with the ratings too much, but it'll definitely affect the ratings a little bit. Um, but, you know, I got to go lower if NXT. What I say? Uh, I, I'll go with NXT. I'll say... I'll say... 708. 708. I think it's... Mm. 717. We'll stay with 717. So that's my rating with NXT. We'll see what happens. We'll know tomorrow by 4 p.m. Eastern. So that was it. So uh, getting back to Impact Wrestling, 
Um, you know, we we just had Slammiversary. Hey, my predictions Friday. Eddie Edwards, Impact Champion. I, I like it. You know, we had Eric Young making his return. Unsuccessfully winning the belt. Rich Swan, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin. They all lost. Eddie Edwards is your new champion. Um... Who's that is asking me, do I think WWE will go back to being darker again? Nope. Nope. They're going to stick with the content. They might make it a little bit more su surprise factor, and I think we'll, they'll depend on nostalgia a little bit more. But they are they are not going back to, like, TV 14 or, you know, attitude. I mean, that's fantasy. I mean, I, I've been saying it for years. How many times over the years... Do you have people saying, oh, John Cena, is, he's going he's gonna to turn heel. Oh, and he's bringing back attitude. Remember that Alexa Bliss when she covered up her chest when that pr production guy entered the room? And right away, people on the internet, no, they're doing attitude again. They're bringing it back, you see? It's just wishful thinking by a lot of people out there. Naive wishful thinking. Deanna Perrazzo. Remember what I said Friday? Impact had this infatuation with Deanna Perrazzo. She is extremely talented, but it just felt like, my God, you know, you didn't even close the door yet. You let her in. Hey, nice to come, come you know, come out, sit down. You didn't even know to close the door yet. And she's champion already. I felt that that was honestly, again, it's nothing against her. She definitely is worthy of being a, a knockouts champion, but it almost feels like this is like their Tessa Blanchard light. I, I don't mean it that way. But if you look at Deanna Praza and you look at Tessa Blanchard, it, 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 it's, they, they're similar in just view and you know, the way they're, they're presented. And it was like, you know, let's just push it to the moon and quickly everybody will forget about Tessa Blanchard. I like Deanna Perrazzo's champion. I don't like her taking Kylie Ray this quickly. Like I said on Friday, I narrowed it down to Kylie Ray or Kira Hogan winning the gauntlet, but I was thinking Kylie Ray because, again, impact came across like it had this impact. There's nothing wrong with doing sit down interviews and vignettes and these pieces, but impact wrestling shows their hand all too often. And you could almost tell, ah, here they go. They're going to blow it old, like that. So, but Kylie Ray, again, you look at Kylie Ray and you look at Deanna Prazo and you say to yourself, how could WWE not know what to do with these two? You know, but it's more of a case that they just decided they liked some other people better. But yeah, Stephen Todd agrees too. There are some similarities with the two. Absolutely, I'm telling you. I don't work for Impact, but if Impact happens to listen to this, I'm telling you, a lot of fans see this, this perception about it. Um, thank you, Neil Ray, for the very kind words. Um, I hope you enjoy 2021 as much as you enjoy 2020. God bless you as well. Uh, I think 2021 will be an even bigger year for yours truly than now. And, um, there's going to be a lot of upgrades and I hope everybody enjoys it. Seriously. So I'm looking forward to it. You know, the rest of the year, COVID, we're trying to work around it, but man, Next year is going to be so much more fun to talk about wrestling and it gets a little bit normal again. So the North, uh, they 
they retain the titles at Slammiversary, which we knew was going to happen, but they lose it to the Motor City Machine Guns. And I'm honestly, I'm legit happy that Chris Sabin is back and doing as good as he is. Uh, Moose retaining the TNA championship, beating the Tommy Dreamer. Give Tommy Dreamer credit, man. That motherfucker still takes the abuse. Remember when I said, oh, I can't, I'm not comparing me to anybody. You know, I said that some people just love the adrenaline, even if it's a little painful, that adrenaline just for some reason is even, he's a guy that needs it. it and that's good for him. Good for him. So, um, what else? Alex Shelby, uh, Shelby, Dr. Shelby, Alex Shelby, Chris Saban. You know, they beat the Rascals at the pay-per-view, but then on Impact, we saw how everything went down. Um, they're doing a storyline with Heat Slater, similar to 2016, when Heat Slater was trying to get a job, and Shane McMahon, you know, was doing the GM stuff, and they're trying to do a little spoof with that. Brian Myers, we don't know what's going to happen with yet. Gallows and Anderson, I'm going to talk about it Friday, but Gallows and Anderson uh, went on a tirade calling Paul Heyman a liar. I don't work for Impact. I don't work for WWE. But I'll tell you on Friday why I feel that Gals and Anderson, I think, are a little wrong on this. I really do. Um, Espinosa, I am taking calls in the very near future. In the next couple of weeks, I'll be taking calls on Friday. I'll probably be taking calls here. Uh, if we no longer do audio only, on Mondays in January 1st, 2021, I will be, we will be taking calls on Mondays as well. Um, I'm not going to get into it now. I only have eight minutes left, but it's just I have to use two computers on Monday. And there's so much more that I could do with calls and other things by freeing up another computer. And audio only is going to be the sacrificial lamb as a result but that's going to open up the opportunities to make the shows even bigger make the quality even better do take calls there's a lot of things and i'm working on it pretty much with mish mish has helped me with the technical stuff he's not helping me with the decision making i mean whatever i decide i decide but um you know it's just too much work it's too much work got to simplify it can't do two extra two extra hours worth of work just to you know appease others. So, but I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, Rhino and Hernandez, their stuff right now sucks. They had a match on Impact for a wad of cash, and Rhino won the wad of cash. Very stupid. Those looking forward to the Jericho cruise got some bad news for all of you. Originally. It was rescheduled or was scheduled for February 1st through the 4th of 2021. They have now rescheduled it to October 21st through October 25th of next year. So for all of you out there, including yours truly, that were thinking how we can work around maybe taking some time off and going on this Jericho cruise, we now have to wait until the third week of October of next year. So make a note of that. I'm um, sure Chris Jericho is going to make the announcement if he hasn't done so already. Um, Billy Corgan, I feel bad for him. Raven went on Hannibal's podcast and said that Billy Corgan was shutting down NWA. 
you know, finance and other things. And, and Billy Corrigan was forced to issue a public statement saying that they're not shutting down, that, you know, it's, it's not for sale, the promotion. People are still under contract. They're just trying to get through the COVID. They really don't want to do empty arena stuff. That doesn't mean they're shutting down. But again, when you go back to the Eddie Kingston stuff from before, you can't jump the gun and immediately say, oh, Eddie Kingston should sign with AEW. It's, do your research first. Instead of the emotional hashtag, let me get hits and exposure and likes. ESPN has a wonderful article out right now about Orange Cassidy. They're saying Orange Cassidy is the breakout star of 2020. I don't know. I, I don't even know how you could argue that. We don't have fans in arenas right now, so it's really hard to, you know, judge that. You know, nothing against Orange Cassidy, but I've said it a thousand times, he should be in front of live fans. And him being the lowest rated part of AEW's history, that lowest quarter hour in the main event, not doing all that spectacular. No, no. So, but the article is excellent. If you're a fan of... Uh, Orange Cassidy, go check it out. Now, I know we only got about four minutes left, but I want to finish up with this. Joey Ryan. We'll continue the conversation on Friday, but I just want to give a little quick thought right now about Joey Ryan. All right, Joey Ryan cleans up his look, makes him come across as a regular nice guy, and this is that. He put up an hour-long statement denying pretty much every accusation made against him. Now, you know what I'm going to do? We're going to save the rant until Friday, but I'm, I'm not going to leave you with a cliffhanger. I'm going to tell you this. Do your homework. You will appreciate it. You got to be over the age of 18. Do your homework. Because if you're prepared for what I say Friday, I think this will be extremely important to you. Remember the two words, modus operandi, modus, modus operandi. If you don't know what it is, look it up. When I read Joey Ryan's explanation, his arguments, his defense, his claims, talking about his marriage and, you know, as far as his depression, and if you look at how it always ended up, you know, oh, you want to make out, you wanted this, you wanted that. Look up what I said, and you'll realize that Joey Ryan and his accusations remind me of this guy. Look up porn star Ron Jeremy and what he's going through right now. Look at Ron Jeremy's accusations. Longtime friends with someone, gets him like in a room or a hotel room, then all of a sudden wants to have sex, pulls his pants down this, this, and that. Oh, it never was like that. What I think the deal with Joey Ryan is, I don't think Joey Ryan sexually abused anyone. I think Joey Ryan, the women now realize that every time he gave the story of being depressed and lonely and his wife's divorce and, you know, let's just make out and hug and, you know, one thing led to another, that was his modus operandi to basically get the goods. Joey Ryan is not a predator in my opinion. 
sexual abuser. Well, sexual abuser, I think I should say. He's not a sexual abuser. He's one of those guys that will put the guilt trip and the sympathy and, you know, you gain the trust of a, of a female friend and then you try to take it further. And the problem is some of these women, when he shows the text messages, what he's basically showing is that I think these women, they all fell for the same thing. We were close. I, we was depressed. He had bad marriage, this and that. And, you know, he really, and they all feel like they were just sold the same line of goods, the same story, just to, so he could get laid. That goes back to the club stuff that I said, modus operandi. Look it up. Look at what Ron Jeremy, how he would set up him trying to get laid with some of these women. And then you read Joey Ryan's, Joey Ryan, Ron Jeremy, almost intertwined. I'm telling you, look it up. I'll get into it on Friday. When I talk about and break it down, you're going to say to me, my God, DT, it's so on point. Modus operandi. Joey Ryan had a plan. Not something that he consciously looked as a list, but there was a formula. You know, become friends, you get close, he's lonely, he wants to ha get laid, he's depressed, puts his, pushes this depression on the, the woman, and, you know, let's just hang out, let's have a nice time, and then one thing leads to another, and this and that, and he gets laid. I think Joey Ryan legitimately is depressed, lonely, and, you know, but it's modus operandi. It's the same formula. Hey, you want to make out? Hey, you want to make out? Hey, let's go to the bathroom and make out. Modus operandi. Remember those two words. We'll get into it Friday. And I thank you all for tuning in as always. Much love to everyone out there. Definitely need to exit because we're going to have, uh, you know, no time. You know, um, I'm looking and... Uh, yeah, if there's any one or two Super Chats that I overlook, which I don't think I did, I will get into them first thing Friday night. So definitely going to be a loaded show Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Everyone, all the best as always. I am Don Tony. About a minute late, but it's all good. Much love. See you Friday, 10.05 p.m. Eastern. Ciao. Son, oh my. It was fun to channel surf. It was kind of hard to do a little pocket pool after you hitting the last channel button 50 times for two hours plus. Son, oh my. And his whole idea of overanalyzing, oh, he's an alcoholic and he misplaced the belt. And how could you have someone champion like that? The fuck out of here. Wednesday night. Don, oh my. You can have fun. You really are. <laughs> Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price. Tone Out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moen.com slash nebia.